Welcome to another edition of the official catch-up podcast. It's myself, Ben. I am joined, as always, by Chris. Chris, how are we doing? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, uh, another weekend off football. We've, we've been quite regular recently, haven't we, Ben? We're getting we're, there almost we are, every week now, eh? We're, we're making like a Sunday ritual. It's like a Sunday. We're recording us so like a quarter to two on a Sunday afternoon. I don't like to do anything on Sunday, so I'm like, I'm quite content to do podcasts. Like I said last week, my wife's away for the day, so I'm just like happy to talk about football with Chris uh, online and doing our doing our thing like we always do. Um, we've also got plenty to talk about. There was uh, the a few games within the Lowland League, uh, one game from the West Scotland Premier League, a couple of games in the East of Scotland uh, Premier League as well, and of course the South Challenge Cup. Uh, we'll start then with the the Lowland League. Uh, there was three games, as we said, in the Lowland League. Not not a great deal we talk about, I'd say, Chris. Um, the Braves, Cali Braves won 5-0 against Edinburgh Uni. Um, nice convincing result for them. Decent um, performance by sound to get a clean sheet, but you'd expect Cali Braves to beat um, Edinburgh Uni at this point in time. Yeah, we've talked about the, the Braves almost every week since the start of the season. They've kind of... Surprised us. I think they're up to fourth now. Fourth, but, yeah. Uh, Mark Kelly always, always. I like Mark. He does, he does a lot for that that club. Obviously, he does. He's kind of the under twenties. I don't know if he's the official manager, but certainly coaches with the under twenties too. And he, <laughs> I kind of ripped into him last week because he he said he was on a goal drought after scoring last week. Um, it must have been only a couple of games he didn't score, but you know, putting four past Edinburgh Uni this week. Mark's a, a good guy, and I, I like seeing him doing well. And uh, Ricky was talking about a, a kind of evolution at Cali Braves, and they really have came on, um, you know, the last sort of few seasons in terms of. I mean, I think they had a good season last season, but um, I'm actually tipping them maybe to to be a wee bit further than I thought uh, already. Yeah, I think there's that thing about Cali Braves, you know, which is the progression. I think both on and off the park. I think for me, is is the things that stand stand out for them. Uh, I didn't think they personally had a great season last year. Thought they were they did all right. Obviously, the the whole season was probably affected by COVID and things like that for a lot of teams in general. So it's probably hard to judge a team on on last season's performances. I would have said that for any team, uh, certainly within um, probably any part of Scottish football, really. Um, to be honest, and yeah, but Cali Braves are, are doing well. As you said, up to fourth, only one defeat this season. Uh, I guess they've probably a few games they would have drawn. They probably would have liked to have got results from but uh, by by no means they're good they're still up there they're what six points off the top of the table and um I mean who knows I mean we're not gonna say they're probably gonna win it but um I think they can keep pace certainly from what we've seen so far from them and it's definitely um it, it bodes well for, for what they're doing and uh, hopefully it's one of those ones I keep saying this I didn't quite manage the game at the weekend but I'm keen to get to more low in fact I was actually just thinking this we we're talking about uh, sidetracking slightly but we're talking about going to a couple of games and stuff. I've not yet been to a Lowland League game. I've just realised. I've been to a Lowland League. We've been doing a Lowland podcast for, what, now? Nearly two years or something like that? And I've yet to go to an actual Lowland League game. So I need to re- rectify that fairly soon. Uh, definitely. Next game then, uh, WB Star against Rangers B. It was a 5-2 win for uh, Rangers B. Probably, I mean, the result we expected to get another convincing victory. We, we know what Rangers B are about now. Uh, I think the thing that probably surprised me most was the fact that Dal B scored two. I yeah. would have thought that, that Rangers B uh, would have, have, have 
got a clean sheet. But I think when you look at the B teams, uh, both Rangers and Celtic, their defence seems like they're a weak part of their side. Uh, I don't know if that's just maybe the maybe not used to the kind of rough and tumble of the league yet, maybe for some of those players. And uh, it's a obviously it's a different challenge playing uh, within the lower league rather than us playing kind of reserve team football and. I've seen some stuff on Twitter about how maybe the, the matches don't really matter, but let's be honest, that the Rangers being Celtic are going to be trying to win every game every week and they're going to be wanting to win that league title, like regardless of, of what it means for promotion, relegation, etc. So uh, I'm not quite convinced about that kind of that feeling, but I mean, good for Dalby to get a couple of goals. I'm, I'm happy. I mean, that feels like progress for them right now where they're at because they've obviously had a poor, poor start, struggling to get the ball in the net, uh, and, and that does seem like a at least a, a positive uh, for them is to get, to get the couple of goals. But Rangers be doing what they do, setting, setting top, and it's going to think be a straight. I feel like a straight battle between the two of them, between them and East Coast Bright, certainly for the title. Yeah, maybe it's, it's certainly looking that way. One one uh, player we kind of have to highlight for Rangers B is Zach Lovelace. I mean, I cannot believe that kid is only sixteen year old. I mean, Man, he's an absolute, yeah. he's an absolute tank. He's a you know, um, he's like an actual adult. And he's like sixteen. Yeah, he's a uh, what? What they described when he moved from uh, from Millwall, Millwall yeah. Youth Academy to to Rangers, or the, the Wonder Kid tag. And I tell you what, he's loving loving up to it. Uh, just seen him. I think I watched him against East Bride, and I was like, you know, I didn't know much about him. Obviously, just come into Rangers, but I was like, this, this he's, he's incredible. Uh, he's as I say, he's built like a built like a tank, and yeah, he looks like he's. He's going to be in double digits for goals, goals this season, I think. Uh, but I, I think sometimes in, when you're talking about defences, I, I think, uh, or maybe probably more so on the Rangers side than the Celtic side, but I think they get caught out a lot of time um, simply because they're they're quite attacking. Um, so if they're going for a, a few goals, obviously that kind of leaves them yeah. vulnerable. But um, yeah, you're probably right, Ben. I think um, the B teams, they probably do have a bit more quality in the, in the midfield and forward areas compared to at the back it's th- that thing of probably not being quite street wise maybe for the, the defenders they're used to playing against players of their own physicality their own size and things like that and coming into a league like the lone league there's going to be obviously people of different shapes and size and strengths and all that and that's maybe what they're I think probably struggling with at this point in time uh, just on the point about Zach Lovelace you will get probably loads of heat for bringing him up because he's come from England he's not a, he's not a Scottish born talent <laughs> we're not we're not um we're not uh, bringing through our own there. He's, he's, he's from England. All that. You'll get all that. You'll, I'm sure you'll get plenty of hate for that, Chris. You know, there are people are, oh, those bloody B teams and they're, they're English players. Oh, there'll be there'll be negativity coming your way, I'm sure. As much as I love seeing Scottish players do well and developing, uh, we've talked a lot about Corner Young, uh, Owen Moffat, for example. But, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's football. I don't really care about people's nationalities. If they're a good footballer, I'll appreciate them either way. But, uh, no, I honestly don't care. Uh, he's incredible talent, uh, and I hope he does well. He's a young player. At the end of the day, I'm into youth football, and again, it doesn't matter what. Na- I, I, I would prefer if they were Scottish, but it doesn't matter what nationality players are, as long as they have a good career and go on and do do a, a good things. I'm all for it. Like, yeah, I mean, about sixteen by the time of he's, he's 21, 22, he could potentially play for Scotland anyway. So uh, it's possible they may might actually end up uh, playing for Scotland if he's. I guess maybe not if he ends up not good enough for England, then there's a potential there. So let's not let's not throw our, our chickens out the window right now. Well, let's wait and see. But he's a great player. I think you're right. I think we've also seen 
a lot of individuals within the B teams, like you mentioned. I guess you look at kind of Kane, Richie Hossler as well as another guy that looks the real deal within B teams. He's, <clears throat> He's also English, but a good player. I mean, again, I mean, it comes back to that point of a player in the B team. Obviously, we've seen a lot of Alex Lowry who's stepped up as well, which. Um, he's probably a special case in that he's he's in the in the squad. What's his defeat? Did he play? Has he been playing in the B teams again? Now it's Lowry, is he? Ah, yeah, I think he's been getting the games. Rangers have, have obviously brought in a few midfielders during the, the window there, and, and the likes of Matondo and uh, Tillman and things like that. And obviously spent a bit of money in Yilmaz, I think it was as well. They've got yeah. Tom Lawrence, so that's probably for for Alex Lowry's probably down the pecking order in the first team. So it's probably good that he's playing. In the in the B team, because obviously we seen him last season in, in the first team, and he, and he obviously looked a talent when he played the first team. But uh, he was obviously getting a bit of freedom to play and maybe getting involved in games that weren't as maybe as important as some of the other ones. So yeah, uh, it'll be so interesting to see how Rangers be. But I still think Rangers B will be be right up there um, at, at the end of the season. Talking about a team being right up there, a nice little segue. But uh, East Kilbride uh, defeated Bonnet United one 0 at K Park. You know, a good result uh, for East Kilbride. Bonus, obviously, the, the surprise package for us in terms of the start of the season, and they're right up there against um, EK and Rangers B at the top of the table. And, but I think we now know that East Kilbride have, have started well. They obviously, in the past, have had, had struggles with how they start the season and things like that. But this year, they've obviously managed to rectify that. They've, they've built the squad well. Kevin Rutkowitz is obviously got that, that, that squad working and the signs he's made have been have been excellent and another good result in a clean sheet for East Kilbride. Yeah, uh, game of the week, obviously, we called it quite early. I think we both had East Kilbride not, not necessarily winning it easily, but certainly not as close as, as the game was. And Bonus really gave it, a, gave it a game. So I think they can take heart from that. I mean, it was quite early doors going to K Park against uh, an East Kilbride uh, team that's obviously right up there as well. So... I don't think Bonus. I don't think it's going to shock anyone if Bonus kind of stay at that sort of level uh, this season in, in terms of where they are in the league at the moment because their goal difference is fantastic. Yep. Uh, they've not really conceded many. They only conceded one against East Bride. I think the issue with Bonus last season was the fact that they didn't have a settled squad. They had so many players coming in and then going out again, and it, Max and uh, Yano have that that squad settled now. I, I quite like Bonus's squad actually uh, this season. I must say so. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, if they, they stay in that sort of top six area, top four, uh, most of the season. I was really kind of surprised at how how well they done against EK. And they, I mean, uh, only a one 0 defeat. Cami Elliott, we've, we've mentioned these guys before. Obviously, they can score for fun to to keep it one 0 And I heard obviously the EK defence was really good as well on the day. So obviously, Bonus put them under pressure too. So yeah, take heart from that, Bonus, and obviously East Kilbride just marching on as we we expect them to. I think you made a great point about that Bonus defence only shipping four goals in six matches. Is I mean, that's got to be commended. Obviously, that's a, a defence there that. That are doing well because even if you compare them to like we talked about Rangers B, I mean Rangers B were shipped 15 and 7, but obviously Rangers B are scoring for fun pretty much in every match, but certainly it's also leaking goals at the back as well. If they're winning games like they did, did on Saturday 5 2, but the bonus are keeping it tight, uh, they probably want to be scoring more because they want to try and keep pace with the likes of EK and Rangers B, but um, yeah, I mean. That's the, the thing about bonus is the, the only thing I think with the question mark will be around that squad. Uh, for me, and it'll be more about the, I think the depth. I think EK and Rangers B will have 
that squad depth. I'm not too sure that, that Bowness will have across the season. And just elsewhere then in the, the Lowland League, uh, we've got a game ongoing as we speak uh, between Hartsby and Celtic being uh, it's currently one each, Chris, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, there is probably a, a few more Sunday games uh, this season, especially with the extra teams and uh, team sharing grounds and whatnot. Games, so yeah. there might be there might be uh, a few occasions where we miss out on teams, but we'll we'll certainly cover them more next week. Uh, sorry to the Hearts and Celtic fans uh, that are that are listening to us. I don't know if there's many to be honest, but um, yeah, we move on, don't we, Ben? Absolutely. We'll move on into the, the West Scotland Premier League. And there was a quick one then. I think we'll have Cumnock uh, played PS Hill in the Premier Division, the only game in the Premier Division uh, between them. It was a 3 1 victory for Cumnock. Uh, I was quite disappointed, really, to be honest, because not just about Cumnock, I'm talking about the, the fixtures. Like we as a team, um, Quinn Rangers obviously ha- didn't have a fixture on Saturday. We had to play, had to play a friendly against Joker. Uh, there was other teams in that Premier League who didn't have fixtures uh, because of the South Challenge Cup. And I feel like at this stage in the season, it was pretty crap not to have a game. Uh, but I believe that that was probably more down to the fact that we got a full fixture list. Now, I understand that the positives of having a full fixture list, certainly. But I thought that could have been done something there to have more games on the Premier League. But as I said, Cumnock, uh, PSL were the only game of the, the week. And it was a 3-1 victory for Cumnock. Cumnock staying uh, back or back top of the league. Rob Roy were top of the league for about one week, and, and Rob Roy thought they'd won the league at that point when they were going on. But certainly another good result for for Cumnock. Uh, I believe it was a bit of a kind of lapse in concentration at the back for the for the Pierce Hill goal. But Cumnock are, are looking at quality quality side, and we've talked up about Cumnock and, and Brian McGinn. He's a manager before, so I, I don't need to go into great detail about that. But I know you're listening, so. You want, want me to make sure I, I mention it on that side, but I mean, great side, there's obviously a same with a great squad like we've, we've talked about before, and Jordan Moore up front is obviously a class, class signing for them back in back in January. Um, I wonder who's getting on, though we're travelling down to Cumnock, because I don't know how far it is from his house, I'm not too sure how he's getting on, but um, I hope he's coping okay with that, but I mean, a great player um, and a great side. Expected, expected result to be honest um, against the Peter Hill team that's just been promoted. But you're bang on with Cumnock, um, Ben. You you kind of called it last season that they done really well when uh, Brian came in, and uh, yeah, they're just going from strength to strength. Obviously, uh, we kind of talked to them, we talked about them a wee bit last week when they, you know, for our game of the week against Hurlford, uh, never quite got the result there. But that's that's what you, that's what good teams do if they. Lose out one week, they go on to win the next, and uh, that's that's a good result for them. Yeah, I think that they've built on that um, that good performances in the, the kind of towards the end of last season. Obviously, Brian came in and built the squad, and the, the kind of aim was to to make sure they were safe from relegation within that kind of seventeen relegation situation we had in the Premier the Premier League. So uh, he did that, and he's managed to go and and recruit more players and build the squads and obviously has more time in the squad in terms of training and getting a proper pre-season so for me I obviously mentioned Cumnock at the start of the podcast when we did the previews I didn't have them probably at the top of the table at all I had them up there um, did I think they would challenge probably not if I'm being brutally honest but there's no reason why they can at this point in time personally um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes they've obviously like, like most teams in the top of the Premier League have got a lot of cup competitions to think about, whether it's uh, the South Challenge or the, the Scottish Cup or the um, the League Cup, the West Scotland League Cup as well. So a lot of that will obviously 
kind of come into play at some point as well. I don't even know if come if they maybe even play the junior cup as well. They might have all the cups to play, and I know some teams don't, but certainly it'll be a it'll be an interesting uh, to see how it goes. And, uh, but right off come look, I think it's probably the thing to say right now. Yep, and they've got a good keeper between the sticks, Ben, a guy that you like quite a lot. So <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm, I'm still a little bit better about that to be honest. Um, Jamie Bartley's a, a great goalie. We had obviously had him last season. He's a great guy as well. So, um, but uh, obviously know Jamie well enough and I understand his reasons for for moving on and got to respect that from him. And uh, who knows, maybe one day we'll see him back at the Buffs. We'd love to see him um, back in a Buffs jersey. Obviously, the Buffs goalie jerseys are absolutely mental. So. Um, Jamie wore them well last season certainly <laughs> uh, but yeah great goalie and I think he's one of those goalies that, he, that, that can win you games certainly um, I think you can you can rely on and make big saves and, and, and keep the points but don't get me wrong when he was with the Buffs he had the odd error that, where he, he did maybe cost us a game as well but he, he would, he'd win you more points than he did uh, lose them certainly and, and Cumberland, obviously, as I said, assemble on a great side, and that's just another another factor there. A good keeper between the sticks is, is something that you you need at this level, and, and Jamie is that for sure. All right, then moving on, then we'll jump quickly to the South of Scotland uh, league. There was three matches, uh, and I'll say this properly: Loch Maven um, lost three two to St Cuthbert's, Newton Stewart uh, beat Stranraer Reserves three 0 and a one draw for Wigtown Bladock against Lockhart Thistle. Uh, again, more games. Uh, St Cuthbert's getting a result. Uh, Newton Stewart getting a, a decent win against the Reserves. Because Sonar Reserves have obviously been probably one of the sides within the, the the South of Scotland league where they were probably not expected, but probably one of the, the teams that would challenge year on year. And obviously with the promotion or lack of promotion for them, they're obviously only ever able to win the league and, and can't get promoted. But they're always up there, Sonar Reserves, and usually build a, a decent squad. So, decent result for, for Newton Stewart. But, again, like we said last week, Chris, it's, it's going to be a very, very mixed bag. This um, yep. South of Scotland league for sure, and, and who knows what will happen there. Stranra Reserves had a... I've always had, like, a decent sort of side, you know, like a top sort of South of Scotland side, as you said, have kind of been near the top, kind of dominated that league uh, in, in past years. But I don't know if they've just went with younger players or, or what's happened, but certainly there's been, like, a transformation over the last sort of few seasons where they've not... They've not done as well. I think it's maybe they've the, the club have probably decided to go a wee bit younger in terms of their their squad, and you know, obviously, young players need experience and and whatnot. Whereas before, they would probably kind of scoop up the best talents from from the league. Eh? So it's interesting. Um, certainly, Lockar Fissel drawn is probably a disappointing result for them. With all respect to to Wigtown, um, but yeah, Lockhart Fissel, one of them. Obviously, they've got Ian Anderson, experienced striker. He got one of the he got their goal. So, um, yeah, uh, surprising that one. I thought Lockhart would would go out and win that one. But yeah, we're still we're, we're south of Scotland. But again, we're it's only sort of select fixtures. Ben, we've not really had a lot to go off uh, so far this season. And obviously, um, there was a few south of Scotland teams in the cup as well. So um, interesting. Moving on into the East Scotland Premier Division. It was a 3-0 win for Dundonald Bluebell against Fair Leithen. Uh, Inverkeith and Hillfield Swifts won 3-0 against Haddington Athletic. Broxburn uh, beat Oakley United 4-1 away. And Linlithgow Rotors got a 4-2 victory away at Socky. Uh, I guess Fair Leithen, last year's Lowland League team, still still getting defeated by you know, 
convincingly each week in, in the East of Scotland League. I think they're probably one of the teams that you're probably looking at as candidates to probably get relegated this year, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dundonald, uh, I kind of highlighted Dundonald before. They're a, a really good team. Um, Daryl Healy, it was good to see him, you know, in amongst the, you know, man of match awards and whatnot. Um, but yeah, Vale even are, are struggling uh, big time. Uh, it's a bit of a shame. I think they were close last week in one of their games, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's going to be a difficult season. It's not something that's really surprised us, is it? Uh, we have seen a lot of that where, you know, I think the, the prime example more recently has been uh, Whitehill Welfare. I mean, they they survived a season and two uh, after being relegated in the Lowland, but now they're down in the East of Scotland First Division rather than the Premier. So I think it might be a similar situation with Vale leaving. Uh, just moving on to uh, the other five team, um, of course, uh, Hillfield Swifts. We kind of never pointed them out last week because they had played one last game, but they are, they've got a perfect record as well. <laughs> you know, when we were talking about perfect records uh, where, you know, Penny Cook and Genefield, uh, they're another team that's doing well. I mean, they have Greg Spence, who's unreal for the level, so uh, he always gets in amongst the goals. But that's a really good win over Haddington. And obviously, Socky losing to, to Lundlifko, Ben. Um Good result for Lunlifco. Soccer have started yeah. well. We've we've talked them up. So, um, but yeah, Lunlifco. That's the exact exactly the result they would type. Uh, they would want early on against a soccer team that we've mentioned quite a lot about, haven't we? Yeah, obviously we've, we've mentioned them plenty over the course, and they started the season really well. But yeah, ultimately it comes down to the fact that uh, Lunlifco are a good side and. You, we expect a lot from one last goal, um, certainly, and, and they've, they've delivered. I mean, that's absolutely uh, the case. And, and Lithgow have got kind of aspirations to, to go up the leagues as well. They're one of those sides, a kind of old, old fashioned junior team, but they're certainly are a team that want to go up and uh, prove themselves. And I think they look like the side that are going to do that. Certainly for me, it's, it looks like a, um, an, an interesting season ahead but I think Lynn Lithgow will, will probably just have enough over the course and the next uh, bit of football we're going to talk about then is the South Challenge Cup first round um, looking in towards the, the matches we'll pull some highlights and lowlights certainly be discussed uh, Chris, let's just go straight on to some of the, probably the positive results shall we say across the, the board um, let's start with Thorn Athletic versus Greenwich Juniors Thorn Athletic, obviously a new side within the West Scotland uh, pyramid. Uh, winning 3 0 on Friday night against Greenock Juniors uh, away. I think that's a great result for Thorn Athletic. They're obviously a, a, a new side in terms of coming up from the amateur ranks and beating a, a good Greenock side, certainly. I mean, no, Greenock Juniors are no mugs for me. And it's a great result for Thorn, obviously, a team who have, have took their chance in the cup competition. And that one did stand out a wee bit, obviously. I was, because I, I, like you, Ben, I, I kind of rate Greenock. Um, but yeah, that was certainly one of the more surprising results uh, in terms of the cup. Um, I'll probably be a wee bit harsher with the, the teams we know, or know better. But um, yeah, uh, fair play to, to Thorn on that one. Um, we do realise it's cup games and there, there will be shocks, but. Um, yeah, that, that certainly was a shock for me that they, they managed that one there. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great result and they, they get their opportunity in the, in the draw as well. I think that's the thing for a, for a team who's looking obviously in the, the Division uh, division 4 uh, as it is just now. And they kind of try to find their feet within the West of Scotland pyramid, but to get a result of that against Greenock, we played Greenock the last season in the uh, West of Scotland Cup and 
I think we only won one 0 and it was a kind of cold Wednesday night, but uh, they they were a good side and they, they were well organised. And I think they lost a couple of players certainly over the over the course, but a uh, very very good team. Uh, looking elsewhere then on, on kind of positive performances and positive results, uh, Beath Juniors winning eight one against St Anthony's. Uh, my big mate Martin uh, will be pretty guided about that. He's involved at St Anne's, and but obviously. My good mate Chris Team will be absolutely delighted with a, an eight-one victory in the cup. Uh, I would say the the ants were doing well at a point. If it were not one 0 I think it was one each at half time. I I'm sure. Uh, I they were doing well up until a point, and then Beef just obviously, you know, T- scored a few goals, turned up. Uh, uh, an interesting thing about Beef actually, did you see that we sort of mini documentary um, about the rivalry with Kilburnie? I've not Twitter. watched it yet, but I did see it shared the other day, and it was like, yeah, I wonder what that's all about. Or who made that? But uh, it's a, it's a good, it's a good we watch. It's only about you know probably less than ten minutes, but um, I it was kind of went and obviously speaking about the speak the fans speaking about the the wee sort of rivalry and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I I retweeted it from uh, from Beef, so it should be on the catch up timeline. But yeah, give it a watch if that's your sort of thing. I love how you say Beef. Because I would say beef, but uh-huh. people from beef would say beef. It's funny how people would say it differently, but most people from Cowanin, for example, would say beef. But like, it's a, it's an interesting one because I, I totally get it. But it's always funny when people say it because I always think you're saying it wrong, but really it's me that's saying it wrong, not, <laughs> not everyone else. Because uh, Lauren, Lauren works in, in that town, and she always says beef, and I'm like, mm, don't you right? But really, it's just me. But been brought up about 20 years ago and that's how my parents said it and how my auntie, uncles and grandpapa etc all said it and that's just the wrong way um, elsewhere then uh, I'm still kind of talking about some some of the, the west sides uh, St Rocks beat Adrossan Winton Rovers uh, 2-0 I was disappointed in that I thought Adrossan Winton Rovers would have enough to win that game they've got a good, some good experience within their ranks uh, certainly in, in Ricky Hanvey and um, Liam uh, McGuinness and players like that and was kind of kind of surprised that I think St Rocks had a lot in them, but uh, fair play to them, good good result for St Rocks. I immediately thought of you when I saw that result because I know that you like hard rossing and uh, St Rocks. Um, I know a couple of the guys obviously doing the, the FM stuff last year and getting their team added and stuff like that. It's a fantastic result for them actually. Um, yeah, it's surprising. It was surprising, but like I say, I, I immediately thought of you when when I saw that result, Ben. Aye, I mean, I like, I mean, obviously, Adrossan have got a lot of time for them in terms of, um, obviously, Gareth Fields is the manager there, he's former Buffs um, assistant manager, they've got Ricky Hanvey, who was our, our captain last year, Liam McGuinness, who, who's played a couple of seasons for us when I was there, plus he played a few seasons before I even arrived and stuff like that, Kieran McLaughlin, who who played one season with us, is, like, is a great talent, and, and for me, wasted at that level of, of football, certainly, and uh, but I thought I thought Trust would have had enough to see off St. Rogs, but uh, certainly didn't look like it on, on that showing. Now, I think the, the one thing about that game I would say, though, is I think they went down to 10 men fairly fairly early on. I think their goalie got sent off uh, yeah. for two yellow cards. Uh, it obviously gave them a bit of a difficulty in terms of the, the match that they had to play in for the rest of the game. One of the other results I think that stood out for me and... and I guess it's a good result for, for Glen Afton was that they beat Bonnet and Thistle 1-0. I, I don't know what kind of side they put out Glen Afton, but would have expected a bit a better win for, for Glen Afton against a side like Bonnet. I've seen them obviously last year in the, in the league and 
Mulgrave Shakes, Bonin. Bonin are going to find one of these teams that we talk about finding a level in the pyramid. And uh, I know, Chris, you've got some views on teams finding a level in the pyramid at the moment uh, based on some of these results, certainly. And um, yeah, I thought I thought Glen Afton would have won that match much more convincingly. Yeah. Um, and just to add a, another fixture, because I don't think anyone will be thinking much of it, but uh, Lunkery. Um, Kirk and Tullock, Rob Roy uh, going to extra time and obviously Rob Roy got the win but Lunkery have started the, the season really well in the East of Scotland First Division that was probably a harder game than than uh, a lot of people would expect for uh, well for probably for both teams obviously Rob Roy have started really well in the West of Scotland so I thought it was interesting seeing them two teams come up against each other but um, fair play to Rob Roy I think I think Lunkery have won every game so far in the East of Scotland First Division. So they are not a team that we've we've talked about a lot, Ben, uh, no. in comparison. But um, yeah, that was a certainly one that I was kind of keeping a wee eye on. Um, but I, I need to, I, it's probably one of those one where I, I don't really know much about Lunkery. So um, I'm sure we'll learn more if they keep doing well, and we'll look into it a wee bit more, Ben. Yeah, I seen a stat apparently Lunkery were like. The most northern team within the um, within the lower league kind of pyramid type part of the, or part of the pyramid apparently, I was told. Maybe I was. I seen that. We've, Gene, we've got Canoe and Genefield up kind of near Perth, but I, that, yeah, possible. Possible. I'm not actually yeah. sure. I've never looked at that one. Actually, get the, map, get the maps out. Get the get the ordnance survey maps out. Let's see what we can find there. Uh, one game then, what I talk about then with un- involving West Scotland teams is, is Trin beat uh, Blantyre 3 2. Um, I would have personally expected Trin to probably win that game a bit more convincingly. Blantyre probably um, not, probably inside, certainly from so getting relegated last year near the bottom of the uh, West Scotland Premier League. But um, we'll, we probably want to look at the, the Sam Jameson Elite Striker watch, Chris. How did he get on at the weekend? Scored a double. Scored a double. Scored a double. Um... Yeah, okay. fair play, fair play, Tom. No hat trick, though. No hat trick. No hat trick against um, <laughs> Division One opponents. Yeah, so I mean, great performance from the elite striker that is Sam Jameson. Yeah, fair play, well done. Uh, fair play to Sam. He's probably. I don't know if he's been been told that we're talking about him. So maybe that's kind of inspired him to go. Yeah, maybe because well, but... I don't think he's scored a season um, up until now. So um, fair play, got got a double. So uh, maybe we're wrong about him not being an elite striker. Certainly, who knows. <laughs> Uh, just a quick mention then for, for the Benbar Dalry Thistle game. Benbar won 3 1, but uh, just what I said, I will wishes to the uh, Benbar player, uh, Jay Blair, who actually broke his pelvis during the match yesterday. Uh, seems like a fairly innocuous thing challenge with yeah. a bit of an accident, but I mean, broken pelvis is a horrible sound injury. That's the kind of things you hear people getting fucking car accidents, for example. So uh, I'd imagine he'll be out for quite some time. So so all the best to, to Jay there and his recovery. Right, moving on then, Paul, to what is the, the first shock uh, that we're going to talk about within the South Challenge Cup first round, and it's involving a West Scotland team and a Lowland League side getting a 2008 uh, lost 4-0 to Canvas Lang Rangers. Now, uh, massively surprised about that myself. Um, surprised because it was 4-0, I think. Obviously, I've, I've spoke about getting a lot this season and then don't rate them too highly uh, within the Lowland League but I thought they'd have enough to beat a side like Canby Slang uh, Rangers but I mean great result for for, for Canby uh, my big mate Finley Anderson got two goals as well for uh, for Canby I think both headers from from, from corners 
Fernley was at the Buffs last season, great lad and a solid defender. And, but but Gretna, for me, that's that's a poor poor result for Gretna. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people were a wee bit confused the why I bring in you know the when we're talking about cup games, bringing the idea of promotion and relegation. But you look at Canvas Lang Rangers, a team that has just been promoted to the West of Scotland, struggling early on, and Gretna, who are a lone league side. I mean, kind of brings up the question, and I know a lot of people, oh, it's only a cup game, but I mean, 4-0, um, embarrassing, really. Um, and look, we're not, I, I didn't want to be Willy Wonka and sugarcoat anything. We mentioned that last week. I was harsh on Ken Beef and Dalbiti, and I think we have to be harsh when we... Because we, we, we praise the boys when it's when they've done well. So I think it's only fair that you know we criticise them when when uh, when they don't. And I think that's just a shocker of a result. Especially against a Canvas, Canvas Lang Rangers side that's not doing well in the West to begin with. And I, it kind of makes you wonder, like, if Gretna were on that West of Scotland Premier, would, would they be near the top? Would they be mid-table? I think they'd probably be doing the bottom. And, I mean, they're a tier above where they should be playing, uh, in fairness. And I think they, you know, we've mentioned obviously. I think I think Gretna will be all right this season, but and there's certainly weaker teams at the bottom of the lone league, uh, in my opinion, more than Gretna. So again, this is why we talk about this need for more pr- promotion and relegation. Not just one team going down. We need two or three to to get this right because um, I feel I, I feel a be, wee bit weird saying this on a cup game, but it just it kind of proves the point. Everyone knows that there's some teams in. Uh, higher up that that probably shouldn't be, um, and we we mentioned earlier, Vodja respective Ella leaving, we knew that they would struggle in the East of Scotland Premier. I mean, they're they're probably looking at what two relegations in a row, and I think it would be the same for, well, it, it wouldn't be for Gretna because they'd probably go south, but you know, um, um, yeah, shocking shocking result, uh, no no two ways about it, and saying too much about Grena at the end of the day it's a fantastic result for Canvas Lang uh, full credit to them in terms of the, the performance but you, you do look at some some cup games and think like that, that's a shocker and that was a shocker for me yeah I think I think let's not be unrealistic Canvas Lang are, are a bomb probably a bomb three Premier League team let's be let's be realistic about that let's they're probably the one of the teams that will get relegated this year, I don't think that Canvas Lang have enough in them to, to stay up uh, for me. So the idea that they were able to beat Gretna 4 now, I know that Gretna had Russell Curry not was out or not playing certainly on uh, on Saturday, but I mean, Gretna just don't have enough for me to beat, beat that side. And I know I've, I've talked about them a lot this year and been probably fairly negative, but that just compounds it for me as well. And I think on your point about the, the pyramid, and obviously you, you you tweeted out last night and it caused a bit of a... Um, <laughs> Oxymoron and all that sort of stuff uh, from Gaz, eh? But, my, good, my good mate Gaz was confused <laughs> about your, your oxymoron. I mean, to be fair, when you first posted that tweet, Chris, I didn't understand it myself. It took me a few reads, but we got there. Um, but um, I, I see where you were coming from kind of afterwards and... Yeah, I mean, I think the cup competitions are obviously the the opportunity for teams to to gauge where they're at against maybe lowland league sides, for example, uh, and that's what what's so good about the South Challenge Cup for me that you get to play against lowland league sides and you get to play against other East of Scotland sides and all that kind of stuff because that's the only really competition you get to do that in. So I, I like it uh, from that perspective, but I think you're right. I think there's a lot of teams in there that 
that still need to find a level within the pyramid. And the only way that's going to happen for us just now is, is via promotion and relegation. Obviously, with the way it's set up, we've, we've talked that bad topic to death in terms of um, how it should be set up, and we, we all believe it should have more. But then the more you see the results like that, the more it compounds the fact that you think that, that these teams deserve to, to get their chance. And yeah, yeah back to Gretna once again. Uh, they're probably lucky that there is the Albiti star there and Edinburgh Uni and maybe even Cowdenbeath yep. within the league this year because if, if not, I think they'd be be really, really struggling. I think it only takes maybe Adel Beattie, for example, like we said last week, to, to get going. Um, whether or not they will, I'm not 100% sure. I, I'm not not convinced as yet, but certainly it only takes us for one of those teams to, to get moving and get results against them, for example, and then they might be, might be struggling. So... Um, yeah, that's certainly one result that, that caught the eye across the board. But yeah, like you said, fair play to Camby for getting the for getting the win because we probably didn't think they would based on the current start of the season. Right, moving on then to the next game within the uh, the Challenge Cup, and we'll let's go to Glenrothes one Open Goal Broomhill nil. Uh, very very disappointing result for Broomhill. There's obviously a massive amount of hype about Broomhill, and we're probably a bit fair on Broomhill, but probably because, well, certainly I am, uh, because Moz is our mate, and we don't want to say too much about Broomhill, but the more it goes on, the Broomhill and these results, it, the more disappointing it gets, because, because of the hype, I think, for me, around uh, obviously the Open Goal podcast and the content and, and that idea, and but they shouldn't be losing one nil to Glenn Rothis. Regardless of the team, I mean, I know, I know, Sai Ferry started in the team yesterday, and Broadfoot wasn't playing, and uh, Derek Lyle started up front, and all that kind of stuff, which is two of your, your coaching staff and your manager playing and things like that. And Slaney was in the bench. I don't know if he got on, but I think for me, and I'm going to be brutally honest for a second, I think a lot of this stuff is a bit of a bit of a distraction. See a lot of this content stuff to the, to the actual football. And that, and I like the content stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, I watch most of it across the week. Uh, I find maybe some of the like the, the kind of open goal Broomhill podcast sometimes a wee bit difficult to watch, but I still watch it because they're obviously talking about a level of football and it interests me and I, and I want to know about it. But I just wonder if, if a lot of this is distracting, whether it's the manager or the coaching staff, the players themselves. But I mean, coming back to that result, Chris, very, very poor. It's embarrassing. It's as simple as that for me. It's an embarrassing result. And I've, I know, I know people at Glenrothes. The manager's obviously been on the podcast. Uh, Stuart Cargo got the goal. I know him from Kelly, really decent forward. But again, a lot of people are like, oh, it's a cup game. There's no way Broomhill should be losing to the Glens. No chance. No chance. And I don't care if it's a cup game or who they played. Um, with all due respect to Glen Rothis, they have a decent side, but we're talking about Broomhill that have a lot of sponsors, a lot of money being put into them. They've got Kirk Broadfoot playing for them. I know he never played on Saturday, like you said, but the levels between them two teams. I- I'm going to try and stay away from what you've talked about in terms of, I do think it is a distraction, the media stuff, but I don't think Cy Ferry has the players that he needs to play how he wants to. I mean, 
it, the high lines and trying to play football proper, it's it's a good idea, but you need the players to to do that, and he doesn't. I mean, you look at um, David Wilson and goals. Um, he's to me, he's not a sweeper keeper. He's a good keeper for this level, but every every game you see someone, they're pushing them. They're they're they're, they're basically. I I don't think he's that comfortable trying to get the ball out, and that's what Sai wants. I mean, you see the high line; they're getting caught out um, almost every time with a ball over the top, and the, you know Kirk Broadfoot's not at that level of his career where he can run back and sort of fire fire back and try and keep up with a, a pacey forward or whatever. Eh? And the amount of red cards because, and I think that's just the way they're trying to play. And I respect Sai for having a bit of a philosophy about football. I like football exactly like how he plays it, but you need the players for that. You need fitness right, you need and you need to probably a wee bit of luck as well. You need to actually take control of the game. And there's so many times where I've seen in fairness highlights, obviously I have seen them against civil service strollers, but um yeah, I, I think Sai needs to learn to adapt to his players that he has or or bring someone else or bring other players in because it's not going to be successful the way it is. And again, another red card. I know the one against Stolen Uni was de- debatable, but uh, red cards are an issue too because if you can't have players playing for you if they're suspended. Eh? But I, I worry on the, I'm trying to, as I say, stay focused on the football side of things. And um, certainly from what I've seen, that it's not been good enough um, so far from Broomhill. I think you look at the squad and I think there's a lot of chopping and changing as well within that, that, that team. And You look at that team yesterday and, like I said, you had the likes of Sai playing, Lyle was playing. I think the thing you look at, they do have good players, they talented individuals and it's like guys like Gary Fraser and you mentioned Broadfoot, like, they should be playing this game with like cigars in their mouth because they're, they're far too good for this level. But just tell me about my question marks around guys like maybe Jamie Semple and things like that are fun who maybe not, maybe as you said, the, the right fit for the team. And yeah, I just I just want worry about them uh, quite a bit. And I, and I do, I genuinely do feel that there's maybe a bit of distraction coming uh, because of the whole thing. And I think I've talked about it before where the, the teams are coming and maybe raising their game because it, because it is open goal and things like that. You probably see that. I mean, a bit like like the Darvel thing, like the, the, there's obviously a lot of hype around Darvel and teams probably build their way up to build themselves up to play against teams like that because because who they are and, and the, the reput- reputation that they have. So yeah, I don't know what I don't know what Cyfair does, but I think you're right about the, the formations and playing the players they have. I think he's, he's keen to stick to kind of like playing four three three. But sounds about when you talk to us and Tim talking. Maybe that's the wrong formation. I'm not a football player or a manager by any stretch of the imagination, but you just wonder if if trying to be persistent and stubborn and, and sticking to your ways is if it comes good, then we're fair play to him. He's, he's made the right decision. But the longer it goes on, and the, the more they take the defeats because they aren't scoring the goals, for example, and uh, obviously the back they're, they're pretty weak at the back. It feels like too, and I think it's one of those things that they need to be get. He's probably not a football cliche, but getting it going in both boxes. I think that's the thing that you, you see with, with Broomhill. They, they're not strong, strong enough at the back and they're, they're not strong enough going forward. And That's the thing that they probably need to up their game on. And then Obviously, guys like like Sai, Gary Fraser, Broadfoot, Slaney himself, even big Kevin Kyle being involved, Andy Hardy, these guys have got good connections, I would imagine to get maybe some loan players in 
that can maybe help them out and you could maybe find it that Celtic might or range Celtic or maybe Hearts or something like that might might be prepared to to loan them a, a good player because the reputation that those individuals have that are involved with the team. But I don't know where Broomhill go from here. That's the thing I for me I, to go papped out is the South Challenge Cup the first round to a team like Glenrothes is is disappointing. And, I, and I'll be honest, I was really, really hoping to to get Broomhill in the in the draw at some point because I wanted obviously would love to play against Moz's team. I think that's always been a, a thing for, for us as, as mates. We've talked about plenty that we're keen to play against each other and, and, and the only opportunity to do that is the South Challenge Cup at this point in time or the Scottish Cup. So obviously they're still in that and we, we play next week against Rutherglen. But the more it goes on, yeah, that opportunity goes as they get to get beaten by a team like um, Glenrothes. I uh, I actually do feel sorry for them in a sense because you look at the social media afterwards and the fans are obviously not other teams kind of taking the piss a wee bit. Um, where other teams probably don't have that. But in terms of loaning players to Broomhill, if I was a manager of an SPFL team, I would not be doing that because I wouldn't want my player to be part of um, what could become a sideshow. Uh, in my opinion, I'd be like, you know, it's just a, like you say, it's a dis- uh, distraction. Obviously, if things were going well, it'd be a different. Oh yeah, yeah, go go on loan to Broomhill, and I think if you're you're playing wing backs or trying to play that sort of style, you do a Conte, you go to three at the back or five at the back. Um, it's it's really hard trying to play up the wing with with two central defenders nowadays. I don't care what team you are, it's just not built for that. I think he is playing a sort of DM role for, not sure if it's Gary Fraser, but. Um, yeah, I would say either do that or make one of the defenders a sweeper, just because it, it, they're getting too exposed, um, and it's it's not good to see. And that's probably what's not ha- that's probably not helping either uh, Wilson and Gold, and certainly not helping with the the red card as well. Next game, then uh, we're going to talk about uh, is involving two lower league sides, uh, and it was Cowdenbeath now Cumbernauld Colts two. Um, Another disappointing result for Cowdenbeath, but a great result for, for Cumbernauld. Yeah, uh, old really good result. I'm, I'm assuming they would have preferred to have that one in the league, obviously. Uh, Craig Holmes and Stephen O'Neill and amongst the scoring. I think one of the notable things in that match is obviously they signed um, a full-back on loan from Dundee United uh, late in Bisland, and he got sent off in his debut, uh, which is not great. But really harsh them last week. They've got such a young squad. I don't know why they think they're going to be successful if that's what the feeling is, because you can't. They're, they're too young. We've talked about character for young players, I think mainly with the B teams, but the B teams have quality. I mean, so we talked about, you know, Lovelace earlier. I mean, he could probably be playing sort of League Two, League One, way up the leagues. Whereas you look at these, the players that are playing for Cowden Beef currently, I think there is some that are really good footballers that probably could be playing higher up. But as a team, you need experience, and Cowden Beef are getting absolutely pummeled at the moment because they don't have an experienced player or experienced characters in that side. And that's that's a real issue for me, the fact that they have got such a young side. Um, <laughs> discipline's an issue. I mean, it seems like they're, they're getting, uh, you know, sending off. It's a bit like Broomhill, actually. It seems like they're getting players sent off every week. Um, you know, and it's different from Broomhill because it's not necessarily the way they're playing, but it's just, again... The lack of discipline or whatever it is. I don't know how Morris Ross um, sorts that out for them, uh, to be honest. And I, I don't know if anyone coming, if he left, for example, and someone coming in could do could do that. Um, can be for in a really bad position at the moment. But in fairness to 
to Cumbernauld Colts, obviously. We can't take anything away from them. Uh, they won the game. Good win for David Proctor on to the next round. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Yeah, as I say, like you said, I think the echo their sentiments about uh, Cowden Beath and what, what they're capable of. I, I don't really know what they're capable of right now. And, and maybe they are a side that's maybe about to find a level within the pyramid, and that's certainly not in the Lone League the way, uh, the way things are going. So uh, it's one of those ones that they'll need to do something, certainly. Uh, while they're not monotrous is the answer, I'm not convinced. He seems to spend a lot of time in Twitter and picking fights with people now and again <laughs> on, on Twitter. And wait, 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 hold on. Mick Kennedy does that too, to be fair. <laughs> Mick Kennedy does that, but he's fucking winning leagues. Matthew, he's winning so leagues, out. yeah. I think, okay. um, I think Mick Kennedy is perfectly justified. And yeah, there's a shock for you, everyone. I, I'm defending Mick Kennedy. Um, who, who'd have thought it? Um, things things have, have changed. But I think that's the thing for me about yeah, Morris Ross. Maybe he needs to spend less time on Twitter and worrying about his team and trying to figure out how he gets that right. Because, yeah, I, I don't see that. We we we've talked we talk a lot about young teams, B teams. Obviously, the uni teams are usually young, Sterling Uni, but these are guys that tend to have played with each other. Sterling Uni, obviously, they've got senior guys that have played together what three four years, um, and can be. They don't have the time to do that. They don't have these players. That, most of them have came in this season. If they survive this season, and I'm I have massive doubts. I think it comes down to Delbiti and. Edinburgh Uni, uh, possibly Gretna, like you mentioned. Coming all Colts, I think, will will be all right. Uh, but certainly they've not started well. But um, I don't know. I, I, I'm worried about Ken Beef. Uh, they've got too many uh, inexperienced players. And quality aside, uh, if you can't play like a team, uh, it's not going to work. Okay, moving on, a couple of other results involving lonely sides in uh, East Stirling beat Kirkcaldy Dysart 2-0 and University of Stirling beat Crosscase Primrose 3-1. I mean, results you probably expected certainly, and uh, a good result for probably University of Stirling more than more than Shire, uh, certainly. But uh, an extra the heart, and obviously as a podcast that likes to feature low on these sides, it's just great to see them win. But yeah, I was actually going to go down to the the um, Crossgate Stirling Uni game, but I, I never made it because I was watching the bloody Spurs game, obviously. But uh, obviously, no, um, good good result, obviously uh, for Stirling Uni Crossgates. Um, we've talked about them a wee bit, uh, doing pretty good in the east of Scotland and doing really well. They're a solid outfit. Um, I think Cal Ray, obviously, we've talked about him a few times. He's he's doing phenomenally well. I think he got the second goal. Um, yeah, good result all, all around because uh, Crossgates, I think, did have a, a really good second half when they were trying to get back into the game. Another good result then for first ever several strolls, winning 6 1 versus uh, Harriet Watt uh, University. Again, probably routine victory, and uh, for them to get six is probably uh, a cracker. A uh, hat trick for Alu Faye uh, in the cup. He's obviously a good striker that we know all about Alu, and he's uh, be delighted to get on the, get the to bag a hat trick. Yeah, Heriot Water, a, a decent side. They have lost a lot of senior players. I like uh, BJ Koya and what he's done there, but they have, I think it, it, it can be the same with some uni sides, but they have lost a lot of their seniors that are now playing in East of Scotland and wherever else. So um, it's a tough one, but we know how good Sybil can be if they're playing. Um, no, no, no surprise in terms of the um, the result. In terms of the scoreline, I would have thought that would have been a bit closer. 
so one of the games, final game we talk about then within the South Charles Cup first round, and it was a 5-0 win for Pennycook Athletic versus Bathgate Thistle. Yeah, uh, we did promise 10 minutes of propaganda for Pennycook, or certainly I did. Um, obviously, I had, we can't we can't do that. We'd be here all day doing, doing that. But um, yeah, fantastic uh, result. Good to see like Aidan Walsh on the score sheet, Gregor McDonald too, who can, actually kind of goes from what I said, because obviously he was at uh, Harriet Watt, their, their captain previously, kind of goes in from what we were talking about uh, just a minute ago. Scott McCrory Irvin, goal gif if you want, is just horrendous. He did he did say I only had a few sort of seconds to think about it, but he's that's that's bad. It's a fine. Um, I'm sure one of the which, players. Was... Which one is that? Which which one is it? He kind of flexes his arms and does all this sort of weird stuff. Um, Fair enough. It's not it's not great. But then again, he did he did call out a few of the other boys because theirs is just like sort of touching the badge or putting the, the finger up. It. So it's less in, uh, it's less inventive. Moving on, I'll that little tangent. I am in the process of currently editing Colin Rangers <laughs> uh, goal gifts for the season to be unveiled on Saturday, hopefully for uh, our um, Scottish Cup match against Rutherland. And there's a, Any there's, shockers? A, there's a mixed bag. There's a mixed bag, shall we say. <laughs> Do you know the funny thing I think about these gifts is they, they sometimes nail your colours to the mast by what you choose to do. I've noticed that within the Co-Winner Rangers one. Certainly, there's there's boys out there doing Scotty Arfield salutes and Alfredo <laughs> Morelos is pointing down and Kyogo's stuff and different things. And they're just like, you're giving away your, you're giving away your, your allegiances here, boys. I mean, I've noticed. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some absolute belters. Uh, from the Cohen and Rangers teams, you've got to admit, uh, Chris Mills and Kev Nichols are absolutely hilarious, and I hope they score because uh, uh, those have to see the light of day. And I've, I've promised that they'll only ever come out if the players score. So was, uh, uh, was it better than the the ball pump? I can't remember who that was. Oh yeah, was that, that? that that was when I seen that it was uh, the boy who had the shorts around his, you know, below his bum and. Wearing a light coloured pair of pants and was um, inflating a football from behind that looked very, very suspect, shall we say? Uh, but I, I did see that last night and thought it was hilarious. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, I love goal gifts. I've got a lot of time for them. There's, um, as as you say, there's there's a there's a, a good mixed bag of, of stuff. You get the guys who don't really know what to do, and then there's guys who've got real bit of creativity you see across the board and I think they're a good part of um, a good laugh and they're good for the players as well we do and a bit more but less serious seriousness as well at the start of the season when you can do these things so um, and we'll let Scotty off because it was a good goal and he's a good guy so um, well a little bit that's fair enough aye <laughs> but good player nonetheless we've also talked a lot about Scotty last year and, uh, when he was in the, the Holland League so uh, yeah let's, let's allow that one to I'll allow that when it happened. <laughs> but moving on then to the East of Scotland Qualifying Cup, we'll start with Hart Hill 0, Genefield Swiss 3, Hoyt Royal Albert 0, Blackburn United 2, Canoe 1, uh, Gareth Ferdinand Rovers 1, and Canoe 1, 5 4 penalties. Lockhart Welfare 3, Lothian Hutchison Vale 2, Newton Green Star 0, The Spartans 2, Preston Athletic 1, Muscle Athletic 2. Stonyburn 2, Bear Rangers 1, and Whitehill Welfare uh, 1-3-2 next time against Kennaway Star Hearts. I guess there's two games here that we want to talk about, Chris. The uh, first one being uh, Canoe versus Galfair Dean Rovers. 
disappointing result for Gala. Uh, they should be winning that game, surely. Gala, um, are a wee bit like Broomhill. I think Jimmy Scott has a way of wanting to play. I think we mentioned uh, kind of similar to Broomhill. They kind of want to play football right, which is which is admirable. I mean, Gala, a team that were actually in the final of this last season, um, you know, knocked out in the pretty much the early rounds is, is not ideal. Um, Gala, I, I think they suffer similarly to uh, to Broomhill in the in the way they they want to play. Um, I think it's not as extreme as Broomhill because I do believe they have the the players to 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 try and pull that off. They've probably been a wee bit unlucky with injuries and suspensions so far. Uh, but that is a shocker because uh, all due respect to Canoe, I know some of the players up at Canoe as well. So um, yeah, but Gala should be should be beating Canoe in my opinion. A routine victory then for the Spartans uh, against Newton Green Star two 0 uh, expect the Spartans to have enough to beat Newton Green Star. Yeah, um, I said previously on the a few weeks ago that that Spartans don't really score a lot from midfield other than maybe Jamie Dishington, but I had two really good goals from Bradley White um, and Sam Jones. Uh, One was an absolute rocket with Sam, and uh, it's a really... I love Newton Grange. I love their ground. Um, I probably would have went to that if I didn't want to show too many sort of, you know, appearances at Spartans over the course of the season. Um, But, no, it was a routine victory. Um, Really good result. Uh, good, As I said, good to see uh, a couple of the midfielders showing. I think Bradley White's going to be key for Spartans and I've heard Sam Jones does that a lot at training according to, according to uh, Alan Brown so um, yeah, more of that from Spartans I think. And the final game then within the we're probably going to talk about today is the 2-1-1 for Stony Burn against Berwick Rangers now Stony Burn third division side within the East of Scotland pyramid. That's can't believe Berry didn't have enough to win that game. That they did rotate their squad a wee bit, um, but that for me is embarrassing. Probably one of the most embarrassing results in uh, Berwick's Rangers history. Um, and Berwick have a weird relationship with some of these comp- uh, cup competitions, especially the fans, because they see it as, you know, oh, without the cup, it's less games we can focus on the league. It's like. There's no point of focusing on the league if you're no beating Stonyburn. I'm sorry. Um, with all respect to, to Stonyburn, really good win for them. Brilliant. Uh, the boys were obviously buzzing. The gaffer, uh, Stephen Sharp, was was delighted. But Berwick, to you know, in comparison, it would be what like I don't know a Celtic getting beat by a Albion Rovers in terms of the tears. I mean, it's it's shocking. I mean, we give a lot of credit to to Berwick um, in the past. Obviously, what they do on the field, and we have them up there as a as a top team. Um, but I questions need to be asked after that. And I don't like this blase attitude of like, oh, it's just a cup game, and you know, because it's like, um, oh yeah, uh, just not to go off too off track, Ben. I know we're probably going to be closing soon, but uh, it's like um, I watched that episode of uh, <laughs> All or Nothing Arsenal and Arteta. At half time, when we're we're pumping them to now, they're down to ten men. He was talking about the next two games, you know. After that, I'm like, this is a North London derby. You've got another half, and it was no surprise that Tottenham went out and scored just after the second half. You're t- you're t- there's there's menta- mentality is no there with some of these teams and players, and you can sense it. And it's like I, I don't know. That's the wrong mentality for me. Thinking, oh, it's just a cup game. I mean, getting beat by a team four divisions down. Is just unacceptable. 
Uh, and I don't care if it's like, oh, we want to focus on the league. It's like, you need to get your priorities straight if that's the case. Because, yeah, I don't like the mentality. And I, in fairness, I don't want to talk about Spurs and Arsenal. But um, a lot, I, I did hear like, oh, the Arsenal mentality is changing. Uh, now it's like, who have they played so far this season? No one. You know what I mean? The Bournemouth. Oh, fucking great team. You know what I mean? Anyway, mentality, I I, I, I talk about mentality uh, quite a lot. And um, if, yeah, if you really believe you're going to be challenging for a league title, you wouldn't be beat by a, a team four tiers down. I'm probably being a harsh, but that's just how I feel. You need to go out and win every game. You need to think you're the best team. And East Colbride have that. Rangers B have that. I don't know if Berwick have that. I think, like we say, that there's no no sugar coating that. It's just a poor, poor result. But I think if you're Berwick now, you, you, you have to go out there and make a statement in the league. If you're saying things like, oh, well, we can focus on the league uh, because we're not in the, the East of Scotland qualifying cup and you're kind of sullying that, the idea that cup competition is if it's maybe inferior and you don't want to maybe... Maybe that can, can you withdraw? I mean, just withdraw. If, yeah. I don't know. I think that punishment. You absolutely could. Man. You aye, aye. I mean, if you didn't want to play in it, then didn't play in it. You know. But they, they absolutely have to now show something in the league. Which right now, I, I'm not massively convinced they will. Uh, like you said, I think, I think, the and they're against are... a, a really decent Braves team next next Saturday. And Braves have been on. We've, we've typed up Braves. Talked about Braves. I'm not convinced Berwick can beat them. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think we really have to make that statement in the league, no doubt about it, or the Scottish Cup or um, or the South Challenge Cup um, in the next round. I think that they have to go and make a statement in those games because if they're going to talk like that, then there's, there's no way you can, you've got to back that up and, and go and get the results. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that for Berwick, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and I'm sure we'll talk about it in plenty in, in due course. And just a reminder of people, I'm only harsh on teams that I think and I know can do better because certainly mentality issue-wise, obviously everyone knows I'm a bastard to my own team's spurs, you know, Ben. Um, but that was when I saw Arsenal and their mentality in that, that one episode. That used to be spurs until Connie came about. We were yeah, but you so, hate Arsenal, but... Uh, yeah, no, but that used to be us. It was like looking in the mirror and saying, yep, um, Deli Alley and all these players just... They didn't have that mentality. And it doesn't matter if you're in the English Premier League or the Scottish Premiership or whatever. You need to have that mentality to be a winner, in my opinion. There's just too many players that, that take it for granted. And I think we see that sometimes. They take it for granted, their ability. And it's just, they're never, they're never going to win anything if they, if they don't try. You know what I mean? Well, that concludes um, the roundup uh, on the official catch-up podcast. <laughs> Uh, for another week, it was a, a bumper episode of South Challenge Cup, West of Scotland, East of Scotland, uh, Lowland League, all sorts chucked in there. Obviously, next weekend uh, there'll be teams involved in the the, the Scottish Cup, uh, not the big Scottish as people refer to it as. Man, I honestly cannot stick it. Anyone who refers to it as a senior Scottish or the big Scottish, get in the bin just now, man, because it does my absolute head in uh, those references. And, and teams and, and managers and players and sorry I'm often in a rant here as well but it's just one of those things it's just like I'm a bit of a weirdo OCD for like consistency and like when it comes to like media and things like that I mean obviously we were involved in that from a podcast perspective but also from a club perspective for me and one of the things I hate is the lack of consistency um, and that's one of the things you see folk talking about the big Scottish and 
the senior Scottish Cup and um, shit like that. And it's just like, shut up. Just, like, just call it the Scottish Cup because that's what it is. It's the premier competition within Scotland. It's the biggest bit of trophy that you can win outside the, the leagues um, within the... It's certainly the biggest bit of trophy you can win for a, a West of Scotland or an East of Scotland side at this point in time. I mean, the likelihood of, of winning it, as we talked about last week, is... It's pretty slim, but it'll be interesting to see how the teams go on. As I say, there's obviously quite a few uh, East and West teams involved who've got a licence, so looking forward to that. We've got Rutherglen, Glen Cairn uh, away. Uh, our last two results have been, uh, we won 5-4 after being down 4-1, and then we drew four each after being up 4-1. So, um, Classic. I mean, if anything, Rutherglen versus Cohen Rangers has goals written all over it. Um, that's that's a set as far as I'm concerned. We win the game so we can get in the hat on the Sunday and get excited about a potential draw. As I say, absolutely choking to play Broomhill, so uh, that would be maybe class if we could get through the through the round and get Broomhill. I don't care if it's home or away. Actually, the team I want to play is Broomhill. Battle, the, the, battle yeah. of the podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> the podcast the... derby, we'll call it that. Just to get your thoughts on something else out with football, Ben, uh, I know we're kind of running late okay. for time, but uh, Anthony Joshua last night, what did you think of <laughs> Interesting you bring that up. So my, my view is that Anthony Joshua, he, he, done, he done well. Like, in the fight. well, yeah. Um, I probably had it fairly close up into the ninth, and then I thought he edged the ninth, but Usyk was absolutely outstanding in the 10th, 11th and 12th. Um but I'm going to just jump on quickly and, like, I don't massively care about Anthony Joshua. I think the big story last night for me was Leon Edwards and the UFC who beat Kamar Usman, who is the pound-for-pound pound champion in the, in the UFC. He is, the, like, one of the greatest in the UFC at, at welterweight. Leon Edwards won the first round, was absolutely shocking in the second, third and fourth rounds, and then KO's... Kamara was meant to win the belt. Leon Edwards from Britain also, he's from Birmingham. Uh, and that was an amazing story for me. And, and that, to me, should be the story everyone's talking about. Not how... Um, Joshua reacted. Anthony Joshua yeah. lost the plot and toys were out the pram and ring belts were literally out the ring. Uh, things like that. Because for me, Leon's, Leon's story is miles better than Anthony Joshua's. Uh, but UFC's probably still... A kind of niche sport. It's not a niche sport. It's mainstream, but I mean, I mean the 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 papers and are barely talking about it. I mean the the, the, yeah. the media outlets are barely talking about that result last night. And for me, it was phenomenal from um, Leon Edwards. Boxer and sport of kings. Apart from the judges, I mean, two of the judges should hang their heads in shame. Sixteen, the twelve. The guy, the guy that, that was sixteen, twelve. The third judge was bang on. And that's what I would have had. Aye, the guy has it fifteen, thirteen for Joshua. Man needs to have a. Wobble man, he's he's pfft, don't know why he was watching because Usyk was, was tremendous. And as I say, in those Aye. last three rounds, absolutely. Joshua's chance to win it was in that ninth all day long. Yeah, if he put the gas on and just went out, I, I thought he hurt. Round. I actually thought he hurt Usyk because he did look like he'd just I, done him in the body. But I think, um, Usyk's I, movement was so good up until the sort of later rounds, and I think that's when he was hurt. Eh? I think the thing though for me was that Joshua didn't seem to capitalize when he did no. hurt him. He seemed to back off or clinch up, and I mean, I'm not a boxing expert by any manner. Any manner that means my new sport than I was athletics. I'm, I've been watching Commonwealth Games and European Championships and all that, and I'm becoming a blooming expert in pole vault and uh, parameter <laughs> spins and all that kind of stuff. But couldn't run the length myself at the moment. But um, 
yeah, I mean, obviously last night was a great night for fighting. I'm a, I'm a big fighting fan. I was there was um, bare knuckle boxing matches on last night. I was involved in or what? Not involved in. Involved in I was <laughs> what? <laughs> steady. I I was watching um, Michael Venom uh, Michael um, Venom Page versus um, Mike Perry was on on the BKFC, which is like a it's a bare knuckle boxing championship, which is all right. Pretty insane to watch, man. Like actual guys busting each other's face open, really like, bare knuckles. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely degenerate stuff to, to watch. I'm not gonna lie, but if you just tuned in, obviously, this is the official catch up fighting podcast. Um, but yeah, I absolutely, it was like a good night for the the, the if anything, a fight aficionado like myself. Uh, it was good to, to sit down and watch all those matches. I, I saw the funniest tweet actually. Someone said that, that um, Usyk hit. Uh, Joshua so hard they thought he was at a birthday party with the <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I was pissing myself at that Super, one. But, uh, that's it was just a weird, weird. I mean, I compared it to Eric Cantona with his weird rants in football, and obviously the Ultimate Warrior that just didn't make any sense, you know, uh, in the in the wrestling. But it did remind me a wee bit like wrestling. It was, it was really. Well, that, that's what I felt about the, the speech at the end, man. I was like, I think I tweeted that. I was like, this is like. I WWE, WWE, WWE. <laughs> it felt a bit like he came, went out and a half and he came back and obviously been told to come back contractually or whatever. I don't know if it was that something like that. He swore in Saudi Arabia as well. Someone brought that point up as oh, well. Oh, really? Which is, He's probably yeah, in the back it's... of a van somewhere getting 40 <laughs> lashes, man. Poor guy. Um, yeah. But it seems like obviously Tyson Fury's obviously ran his mouth a little bit this morning and he's suggesting he's not retired, which is obviously exciting. But I think the thing I, the thing I tweeted as well was... Um, this idea that, that, that Joshua versus Tyson Fury is like a super fight. Nah. Um, it's in, that's another thought about, quite frankly. Um, see, the Tyson Fury was referring to Usyk as a, as a, what is it, a welterweight or a middleweight or something like that. Because <laughs> um, he's like 15 stone and he's smaller, and, but Tyson Fury's about fucking 18. His movement is so good. He actually, ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Aye, ridiculous. His feet, the, the, some of the feet work was just massive. Like, but. Obviously, if you've tuned into this podcast and you like boxing, I hope you've enjoyed that last <laughs> 10, 15 minutes there of uh, of Roundup. But um, just to round up the podcast, I think Chris, where can we find us if you're looking for us on, on all, the, all the outlets? Ah, yeah. Official catch-up um, on Twitter. Lonely catch-up on Facebook. We're pretty much everywhere. First link or last episode on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, we're everywhere. So, yeah. I won't probably be posting too much on LinkedIn, Ben. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, give me an at Mr. Ben Grant on Twitter as always. If I've, I've upset you, then come and hit me up with your DMs or catch me at a, a, a West Scotland football ground near you fairly, fairly soon. Uh, just probably one thing I want to say is remember like and subscribe. I think you always hear that from YouTubers and uh, podcasters and all that. Make sure you hit the subscribe button because obviously it helps you if you're, if you're on the subscriptions. And, yeah, you've got to do all that stuff. You know. that I don't think we've good? ever asked that. Ben? I know. I, I, do you know? I thought about it last last week. I was after we'd done the podcast. Um, I was like, we never say about getting subscribing because, like, I know that helps grow channels and things like that. If you're hitting, if you're subscribing, so um, if you do enjoy this and you're still here, hit the subscribe button on the on the old um, YouTube on or YouTube and that. Yep. Audible or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen. Make sure you do that, but. We'll be back, I'm sure, next Sunday, uh, as well, probably for you guys next Monday, but we'll be back uh, next week for another round of the official catch-up. Cheers.